up, East High. Welcome back. Have fun, folks. This is going to be a wild ride. I mean, this is Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical one minute at a time. And it is a ride in the sense that we're at Disney right now. Put your hands up. Buckle in. Uh, It's the wildest ride in the wilderness. Hey, who are we? We are the Amateur Nerds, and more specifically, I am Condra. And I am Tyler, and we are returned again. We are joined (laughs) again by our guest who is returning. Amanda, say hello. Hello. We are so delighted to have you back. Thank you for following my directions to a T. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, Yes, thank you for coming back and coming in the first place. What are we talking about in this episode, Condra? Today, we are talking about Minute 78. Minute 78 starts out with Chad pulling Sharpay all the way to the door and ends with Troy telling Jack that he had his turn. Yeah. Yeah, Coach we'll, we'll, Bolton. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that. Let's start with back in homeroom, Sharpay and Chad are coming to this door frame and they're they're seeing what? Bunch of basketball boys. Dreamy. So, Amanda, I guess this was one of the things that Maybe I was expecting that you were excited about to come on these specific minutes, this moment with the basketball boys. I'm not sure, though. Um, You know, I don't think of it as anything particularly special. Five seconds of spelling, which is, you know, educational for Ryan, at least. <laughs> and some and necessary for some people. Necessary, yeah. yes. Ryan, True. especially. I do feel like it's a good, it's like one of the few moments where we get to see all 12 basketball boys in like one shot. I do like they have 12. There are 12 basketball boys throughout the movie. So whoever like had was in charge of like, what are their shirts going to say? Like they had to factor in the fact that like there's 12 of them. They all have to have a letter. Troy gets the exclamation point. Because he's just extra. Let's talk about this. The phrase is perfect because we have go drama club, which is 11 letters. And they were like, oh, we need one more letter. Like, should we try to find a new thing to say? Ah, no, I'll just do it one exclamation point. And Troy is so excited the, to be that exclamation point. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird, though, because they, they decided to do this, and then they also decided we're going to un- unveil it one letter at a time and say each letter. So it's G-O-D-R-A-M-A-C-L-U-B, exclamation point. <laughs> it's like, it's clunky a bit, but it's funny. I love how he puts his hands on his hips. <laughs> so proud <laughs> there's like a there's like a cute moment where at like right after he does that where chad looks over at him and like kind of smiles like he also thought it was kind of funny in the moment and in general the, the it's a it's a motion of good grace towards the drama club that's like hey we're 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 rooting you up they just have callback auditions that doesn't mean anything but like we're all like in this together like we're one school community we support each other even like today's our big day but we also want you to feel important yeah but darbus is not having it yeah she had started to walk into the room and then she noticed that something was happening so she turned around to pay attention she just looks skeptical i don't think it's that she's unhappy she thinks there's ulterior motives i mean that's her underlying thing the whole time right yeah yeah yeah, I mean, it's it fair in some respect. I mean, she never trusts. Th- I think she just has this like pre-existing prejudice, maybe because of Jack, that I don't think anything they would do would really help their situation in her eyes. Yeah, that makes sense. Sharpay seems into it, though. She's kind of smiling and like... She likes the attention. She definitely does like the attention, Amanda. You're definitely right there. <laughs> Are these boys like hunks to her? Is she like... 
is she like into the basketball boys in some well, way or Troy or no? is at least. Okay. They're they're not like shirtless. They're just kind of wearing white t shirts. Under their tracks. Missed opportunity, but I guess it's a kids movie. But you do have like twelve of theoretically the most popular kids in school paying attention and directing something at you. Well, it doesn't say go Sharpay. But they didn't pull the rest of <laughs> the drama well. club over to see this. It was just Yeah, where's Sharpay? Kelsey? Well, she's not in our homework. I know, but she's part of the drama club. But the three well, I guess it was probably also partially Kel- Kelsey's idea. Yeah. Because, you know, they're all in cahoots. Mm-hmm. Maybe Kelsey was the one that came up with this idea because she's like, really throw them off their track is if you shower <laughs> Sharpay with attention. <laughs> She'll forget everything else. Do you think that the gesture is genuine? The gesture is genuine. Um, I think it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but there, there's some meaning to it. I think there's some support. I think they're not trying to, like, put themselves up as if they were the only important group at the school. Like, they've, they've shown genuine support towards the Scholastic Decathlon. Why not? I mean, yeah, I think Tyler... <laughs> brings up the point that it's just callbacks not to say callbacks aren't important <laughs> but like it's not like it's opening night or something so yeah callbacks aren't like an event for the club it's like a big deal for like the people who are auditioning yeah but do you think like if like maybe part of their plan that we're not shown on screen is like if we're really nice to them maybe they'll see that we're being we genuinely support the drama club and they'll change their mind and push the callbacks back and we don't have to have any of this other elaborate plan well, I mean, it's the day of. If they were to change it at this point. <laughs> I think it's generally let's be nice to these people and not try to like compete with them. Do you have an ulterior motive, Amanda, for asking that question? Is this part of why you wanted to go with these minutes? No, it's just it's just weird to me. I don't love Ryan, like the joke at Ryan's expense of him like not being able to spell. Yeah. These two minutes are just full of weird gestures. And I think the cake is the only one that I can get behind. <laughs> Now, and even then, the cake has exactly, its flaws. Exactly. And now the, now the entire basketball team is walking around the school all day wearing shirts with various letters. Well, they'd probably go back to zipping up their uh, track jackets at some point. What I did want to say about the Ryan, you know, the kind of uh, ha, ha, Ryan is dumb joke is that like it's not even like they like had all lined up in one long row. And so that like it's hard to tell where the words divide. They're like actually perfectly split up where it says go then drama, and then club. And so, like, it shouldn't even be hard. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know when you see, like, a really bad sign and it's, like, free Tuesday haircuts, and you're like, why did you put, like, Tuesday in the middle and then free haircuts around it? Like, (laughs) just put free haircuts on Tuesdays. It's like that. Like, there's no reason for him to be confused. No, there's not. But I think we haven't had one of those kind of funny beats in a bit. Because every so often we get one of them kind of, like, traditional gag TV bits. We just haven't had one in a while. Like like lowbrow Disney Channel humor bits. Yeah. And then we cut to... Oh, I was going to say, can I say one more thing about the Go Drama Club scene, which is just unrelated to anything plot-wise, but I just want to give a shout out to Chucky, who plays the... He's one of the basketball boys. I don't... I'm trying to remember what letter is he is. I think he's maybe the M. I should check this so that you can see as well. I like to look for him throughout the movie. Uh, he's credited with being one of the choreographers on the movie, but he's like a fairly young guy. So they have him like in, like as one of the basketball boys throughout the movie, just trying to verify. I wonder which if he's one of the ones he. we've talked about before. 
it's also it's also one of these moments where we actually get a really long shot of all the basketball boys so we can see like how old they look how like how big like and mature their bodies are versus like you know troy zach efron still like kind of small but a lot of them are just kind of like adult bodies yeah so he plays the m so my understanding is that the, the basketball boys are made up of like the main named characters and then like the other boys are all divided between like dancers and basketball players so that they can like pull off the different scenes that they need to based on like that grouping of guys so he is the m oh yeah we've definitely talked about him before tyler he's the one that had that weird dance move and got your head in the game that i was really uncomfortable about <laughs> okay okay <laughs> fair enough <laughs> um i also wanted to say in miss darvis's room in like the back corner which we haven't seen before. There's like a mannequin with like a, like a jester, like a Shakespearean era, like jester yeah. costume that I thought was kind of weird. <laughs> we hadn't, we hadn't seen it before. So I thought, thought I'd bring it up. Yeah. Darbus's room still, that would never, it, that it's would never trip. be like, there's curtains like that in itself would be like a, it's a regular classroom. That's like done up to be theatery. Like oftentimes you'll have like a theater room that's like next to the, next to the auditorium or something or like a black box or something that's like okay this is like a room where we do theater but this is just a regular room that has theater stuff in it and math posters as as we recall <laughs> okay so then we cut to later in the day and people are all coming out of the classroom they got their foam fingers weird uh they got like a bunch of posters everyone's excited the bell rings and they pull they pour forth from the recesses of the school <laughs> it seems like the whole school is excited about this basketball game or whatever and then we cut to the bleachers in the gym and the bleachers are like two-thirds full well people are still getting there the cheerleaders and the (laughs) band have obviously been allowed to get out early to be on time for the game but everyone else is just getting out of school yeah we have a drum corps which seems like they might actually be playing some of the music live you're you're the one there ty uh the uh, the trumpets and the and the sousaphone in the background aren't actually playing yet. They're just dancing because sometimes you're just doing a drum breakdown and the, the horns don't have anything to do. You sound like you speak from experience, Tyler. Well, I was never in a drum corps. I was in a marching band. So marching band is like more wind focused. Drum corps are like, we're going to mostly do drum stuff. And then every once in a while we get a horn horn thing. And then we also get cheerleaders. Yeah. And they're they're dancing so. to the drum corps music. They've They've worked together. It's not like 17 again, where they have other music playing over that they're dancing to. Yeah. And I think this is something interesting in this movie that we, you know, we have a whole high school movie and there's not like the cheerleaders, like the cheerleaders aren't a social group that is like the villain or like the good guys or anything in this movie. They're part of the athletes, though, which is also kind of different that they're. We've seen them around. Well, we assume they're the cheerleaders that we've seen in the past like let's stick to the status quo i think it is i think it's the same like in the opening scene of the school they're like mm-hmm. playing basketball and there's like like chad is guarding against like a cheerleader there and then they're the same at least to me like they look like the same people obviously i don't know yeah. any of them but and then like the scene where she asks the cheerleaders about troy bolton when taylor's showing gabriella the school like i think they've repeated the same like background characters yeah it would just be interesting, though, if they were like if some of those like the people at the beginning of the movie were the girls basketball team, like and the 
the the boys and the girls basketball teams actually had a good relationship and like <laughs> communicated with each other. Although it is kind of cool though to see like the cheerleaders be integrated in this group of athletes and be considered at the same level too. Like that you can't tell if they're cheerleaders or other athletes that the cheerleaders are synonymous with athletes, which is pretty uncommon, I would say. Yeah, I would agree that the idea that the cheerleaders are athletes and not just like popular girls who date the athletes, I think is a good aspect of the movie. But they're overall, they're not really characters or a part of the plot. So I think they're extras in the same way like the rest of the basketball boys are. They're like people that you notice and see over and over again, but they're not like the kids that they actually went to that high school that are just hanging out in the background that you're like, this is just a normal teenager. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to your point, Condra, of like the women's basketball or like other like female athletes, like we don't see, and in the second and third movie, there is a female character who plays basketball with the boys. And it's like not clear that she's necessarily like a part of the team, but she's part of the dance numbers and things that are related to basketball. So I do see like, I do feel like they tried to incorporate that later on, but maybe missed the mark in this movie. Yeah, it is especially interesting to compare it to this classic decathlon team too, which we have seen as co-ed and the drama club. Like this basketball universe is very masculine, except for these female athletes you see sometimes. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it is that just so much of the movie is about like our five or six characters and there's not a lot of like you know, our, our coordinary characters in the, the basketball scenes, like we're not spending a lot of time with them. We're not like learning the, the deep lore about the basketball team, which is good because we need the movie to progress. We only have a two hour block of TV to show this movie. Do you categorize this movie so from what you've seen so far as like one of Disney Channel original movies, like sports movies? Like there's some movies that are very clearly decom sports movies. Do you consider this one of those? I wouldn't. No. I think it's got enough sports. Yeah, marketing was always very sport heavy, I think. I think the sports movies are very much like the ones like um, the bikes, the what was the motocross one, like literally like the plot of this movie is going to be about or or the dancing one. Uh, This movie like is about dancing. This movie is about motocross. The conceit of the movie is like tune into this movie if you want to watch a movie about this. High School Musical, I guess maybe with the marketing, they were like tune into this movie if you want to watch a movie about basketball players but it's not like that's not what it is tune into this movie if you want to watch a musical about a high school that's <laughs> high school musical that's what it is and but something else to note anyway. with we we see the cheerleaders performing and then as we continue to zoom out we see the other team warming up like they're using full court warm and Troy is not even fully suited up yet. I mean, sometimes that's the way it works. Like the other team has to take the bus in and they get there and they're all in their uniforms already. Like they don't. It does strike me as odd that it's the state championship game and it just happens to be played at East High. <laughs> Maybe they had a better record. Is it the state championship or is it the semifinals? It's the championship game. It's not. I don't think it's clear whether it's states or regional or. I think East, it's state championship. Yeah, sometimes you have your regional championship, and then if you win, then you go to like the state competition, and that especially seems like like it because they're playing West High, right? It does seem that way, but for whatever reason, I have it in my head that this is a state championship game. Yeah, it might. The details might be revealed in a, in a minute or two. Uh, Condra, did you ever notice? And I don't think we've talked about this that the high school we went to 
is EHS and the high school we're talking about in this movie is I EHS. I did not think about that until you just started saying it, Tyler. That is, um, that is interesting to think about. Uh, the E in EHS for us did not stand for East, though, so um, we're good there. And then our rival was also WHS. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. What are the odds? Are you sure this movie isn't based on your high school? This this movie is based on my life, actually. Oh, okay. Tyler is both sport and sing. Yeah. Okay, so we cut away from the gym to the locker room where we see Troy shirtless. Sitting on a bench. I mean, have we seen him shirtless in this movie yet? No, not him. We've seen other basketball boys. Because I know in the beginning of 17 again, he's shirtless like right away. But this movie... No, we had to wait. I mean, he's a little younger still. And then Jack Bolton walks up and he's like, oh, hey, how you feeling? And Troy says, what? He says he's nervous. Troy says he's nervous. And then Jack says, me too. I wish I could suit up and join you guys. And Troy's like, no, we had your turn. Yeah. Old man. Jack's really saying the quiet part loud of like, oh, man, I'm only a coach because I wish I could relive my days of playing. And, like, that's the only thing that makes me feel anything. Thanks, Jack. That's also kind of the premise of Seventeen again, though, in the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Matthew Perry should have been played by Jack Bolton from High School Musical. What are we doing here? Honestly, that probably would have been better because Jack Bolton, like, is a... Is funnier than Matthew Perry is in Seventeen again. So do you want, the, you- like, Jack Bolton, the character, to be played by Matthew Perry or do you want Bart Johnson who plays Jack Bolton to play Matthew Perry's character in 17 again the second one so Bart Johnson okay. yeah so yes. another movie starring Bart Johnson and Zac Efron yeah I don't know if Bart Johnson went on to do anything else he posts a lot about high school musical he does and he went on um was it someone's got a cooking kind of show online I think it's Ashley Tisdale or no Oh, it's um Christy Carlson Romano because he plays her dad in something else. And she's like, it's my TV dad, but also High School Musical because he's like wearing a High School Musical shirt in the video. <laughs> like he like does not want to leave it. Although I don't remember seeing him in the sing-along anniversary, like the reunion for the Disney sing-along. I don't think he was there. Yeah, because he doesn't sing in the movie. <laughs> But you could have still had him do some of the dance. I do know why he wasn't there, but if I give you the reason for it, it's just going to sound super creepy. I like the I like the hey that Troy gives his dad when he says, "I wish I could be there." He's like, "Hey, I don't, uh, it's funny." Zach Efron has some good line reads. I mean, we've talked about this before, but he's a good actor. Yeah. yeah. So Amanda, you hinted last minute that there was something special about these two minutes that you were particularly excited about talking. Do you? Have we hit that point yet? I think we've mostly covered them. I just had a lot of like unanswerable questions. What I felt like were unanswerable questions. I feel like we've kind of talked about them a little bit. I just think a lot of the the acting and the, the, the script and everything seems to flow well here, but there's just like a lot of weird choices that were made that I don't fully understand. Yeah, the plot definitely is weird. It's a lot of jumps. Yeah, I think it's like we need to establish within two minutes everything like that we're all working together and then we just need to be at at the basketball game as opposed to like the previous kind of montage that we got with taylor and chad working together where we kind of like got these more extended 
insights into what their how their plan came together. I feel like this, you like you said, it's kind of jumping around a lot. It's like they forgot where they were in the time of the movie, and they're like, "Crap, we have to get to this point because we've only got twenty minutes." Left. <laughs> and they're like, "You know what? These scenes aren't important anymore. Let's just cut them. We'll use a title card." <laughs> All right, we need to move on to our decom of the week because we are running with not a lot of time left. So you guys ready? We are. We're switching yeah. it up this week. So this week, Tyler is going to present a Disney Channel original movie to Amanda and I, and we will have to guess what it could be about. And then Tyler will reveal the actual movie. Yeah, the movie is Under Wraps from 1997. It is actually the first Disney Channel original movie proper. So when they transitioned from Disney Channel premiere films to original movies in 1997, this was the first one out of the gate. Directed by Greg Beeman, written by Dan Reimer, starring um, someone who's popped up in a couple, uh, Bill Fogerbaki, Patrick Starr mm-hmm. from SpongeBob, um, and some kids that I didn't really recognize. Can we get a spelling confirmation, please? Is it with a W? Yes, it's a W, um, yes. <laughs> so it's not about rap music. Or it could it could be mummies that rap. No. <laughs> Ooh, I like this. I feel like if it was about mummies that rap, there would be a lot more memes or like like it would be a lot more well known. Yeah, probably. So alright, what is something else that is wrapped? Injuries? Could be sandwiches? about someone that is sandwiches. So this is a sandwich competition? Oh. I mean, I can't answer that question. Well, I'm not talking to you, Tyler. Amanda's here. Okay, a televised sandwich competition show that's also a secret. <laughs> or does or does the main character have a secret that maybe he's, like, never done sandwich making before, but he has this, like, or he is secretly a great sandwich maker? I don't know what, I know Subway has, like, a special well, name for them. like Eddie's. Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. That's true. Wait, can I pitch you guys something real quick? Because when you go on a cooking show, like the cooking show happens and then it hasn't aired yet. So you need to keep the results. Under wraps. So feel free to go with that or not. Did you just give us a big clue? Feel free to go with that. No, that is not a clue to the actual thing. I was just trying to help you guys along the path that you were going, even if that path is the wrong one. (laughs) So do we want... Want to do this as a sandwich thing, or do we want to do this as a mummy thing? Mummies who make sandwiches. We're just covering all the bases of wraps. Yes. Secret mummies who make sandwiches in secret. And the other team gets an ankle. They twist their ankle in the middle of the competition, and they need their ankle wrapped. So that way we've got all of the versions of wrapped. Yeah. Yeah, they've got to use some of the money wrapping to wrap their ankle. Yeah, that's what they give them some of their bandage, and they're like, oh, thanks for the bandage. Where'd it come from? And then you see this, like, gross, peeling (laughs) flesh. Um, (laughs) Very deep. (laughs) All right, so... We've got this middle school, early high school mummy child who pretends to be a hu- a real human and goes to school and like has dreams of being go ahead can we say that it's like a tag a tag team kind of situation like there's got to be a part where he like where like one of the main characters like discovers the mummy right 
and then mm. takes the mummy to school. And that seems to be a common theme in a lot of <laughs> or these. Or maybe, maybe the mummy's the new kid in school and he befriends like the kind of bullied kid that yeah. wants to be a cook someday. And yeah, he doesn't that. realize he's a mummy and it kind of comes out during the competition. And he's like, what will I, maybe that's when it hap- he finds out because he twisted his ankle and the mummy gives him some of his bandage. Yep. And it he ultimately is like them overcoming the bullies because they win the sandwich competition, <laughs> but they can't reveal that they've won the competition because it has to be aired at a future date. Can we involve like the Department of Health or like health <laughs> agents or something? Because this seems like... Well, there has to be either government agents or someone trying to take the mummy away. Oh, that too. I was thinking more like maybe it was like a health hazard. <laughs> like an ET or like a Ratatouille health inspector. And is that character played by SpongeBob? I'm leaning towards Ratatouille, played by SpongeBob. <laughs> the, it's the guy who voices Patrick Starr from SpongeBob. Oh, man. Okay. Well, that's fine, too. Still the guy from SpongeBob. All right. So the health inspector, played by Patrick. All right. And not the actor. Um, literally Patrick Starr, so- superimposed into the movie. Okay. <laughs> Patrick Starr. <laughs> yeah. SpongeBob, I don't think, is aired at this point in 97. I think SpongeBob came out in 98. So we're right on the cusp here. Yeah, so Nickelodeon didn't have the rights yet. They were just kind of playing around with this character that they really liked. (laughs) Trying to find the right role for him. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, we've got a mummy and a small bullied child making sandwiches and winning a competition that they can't tell anyone about because... They're going to be on TV, but you flash forward to like a week later when it airs on TV and like the bullied child is being like held up by all of his peers like, you're the coolest. (laughs) And like, there's like a little, he's like surfing the crowd. Do they learn to love the mummy character too? Or does he have like a different arc that ends with him like going back to his mummy state? Yeah, he used to ride off into the sunset. Maybe this the bullied child helps him lift the curse that is keeping him alive <laughs> by like showing him true friendship. Like it's a Beauty and the Beast kind of thing where like Oh yeah. He proved that someone he like can do good for others. So he can finally his soul can finally pass on a la Haunted Mansion. Hold on, quick question. Does the movie start three thousand years ago with an ancient Egypt flashback? Yes. <laughs> A hundred percent. This for the first decom, they went big. You're like, whoa, this is epic, and then it's just like a middle school sandwich movie. Yes. <laughs> Blew all the budget on Egypt. And that's the thing. They win the competition because they dared to make a wrap instead of like a submarine sandwich. And also wow. the mummy has knowledge of spices. I love that. Mm. It's really good with his mustards. Yeah. Because he has mustard in him, <laughs> keeping him all yeah. together. Great. Okay. You got to teach the kids a lesson about mummies in there somewhere. Too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and archaeological ethics. We'll get there. So, under wraps, it is indeed a mummy movie. Not not that hard to figure out, I think. So, Bill Fogerbaki plays the mummy. So oh, three kids. It's yeah. It's not a child mummy. It's an adult mummy. Um, so three kids. They're playing around in the the abandoned house of a of a dead man, and they find a, an Egyptian sarcophagus in the basement, and in it is a mummy. And because it's like the moon, the moon yeah, is at do. like the right angle or something, it comes alive. But it turns out the mummy is friendly, so they name him Harold. Oh. <laughs> 
Um, and I think it's just like the comedic hijinks of like, oh, we need to hide Harold in our room. And like dri- he's driving in the car or the neighbors are trying to figure out what's going on. It's approaching Halloween, but it's not quite Halloween yet. They do learn that they have to put him back in the sarcophagus before midnight on Halloween. Otherwise, he will cease to exist. But turns out that the, the dead man's house that they were in, he's not actually dead. Mr. Kubat is pretending to be dead so he doesn't have to pay taxes. And he is going to sell Harold and the sarcophagus on the black market for money. So he orders his henchmen to steal Harold back. Um, and yeah, overall, you know, Harold is attracting unusual attention going along in the town and, you know, Halloween's coming up, but it's like, you know, you don't walk around in a mummy outfit like all the time. So like what's going on? There's also a weird C plot that comes in about Harold used to be in love with a, a woman and she's a mummy too. I don't know what that is. The Wikipedia description does not resolve the plot. So that's all I have. Oh, okay. So do we want to presume that Harold gets back into the sarcophagus? Yeah, in time maybe and like, and he reunites with his his mummy dust. woman love, and yeah. you know they they are able to you know, like you guys had like pass on to their their afterlife again because you know it's the mummy being alive that's like a curse that's that's not like what's meant for their afterlife. So yeah, that's under wraps. Well, I like our movie. I yeah, I kind of <laughs> like your movie better too. <laughs> Uh, and then the big question, Ty, is it on Disney Plus? No, it's not. Oh, My guess would be that it's probably just not very good. And so Disney was like, well, we're not going to bother. I feel like they're always like in- adding new content, too. So maybe they're just saving it. Yeah, they're like building up to yeah. under wraps. Yeah. Okie dokie. Amanda, thank you again for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thank you. Is there anything else for these two minutes? Or the movie as a whole that you would like to talk about? No, I don't have any. Well, I, I think we might get Amanda back. Yeah, yeah. If you'll have me back, I could talk about the movie as a whole. Just, you, know, you don't want to edit that, so I won't do that. <laughs> talk about the holes in this movie. Plot holes. Ooh. Anyway, Amanda, do you have anything that you want to plug? Um, I'd like to plug Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. <laughs> yeah. Mentioned it just a minute ago. It's a great movie. I don't know the timing of when it came out relative to High School Musical, but I do feel like it's one of those like Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off locked so that High School Musical could run kind of movies, you know, like it really sets the theme for like breaking social barriers in Disney Channel original movies. Hold on. I'm going to see if it's on Disney Plus. It's on Disney Plus. You should watch it. It's on Disney Plus. It's 2003. So, yeah. So then even the Cheetah Girls was after that. What a run. Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off, Cheetah Girls, and then High School Musical. Well, I mean, that was when the DCOMs were really big, yeah. The Lizzie McGuire movie, also 2003? Well, Lizzie McGuire movie no. wasn't a, was a theater release, so. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, big year for Disney. Yeah. Yeah, not to mention, you know, Definitely. Pixar was at its height, and um, really the, mm-hmm. their, their, their weakness was their main 2D animated movies around then weren't that good. Yeah, you had, like, Atlantis and Treasure Planet. Lilo and Stitch. Lilo and Stitch yeah. did well, but that was probably the only one from the... But if that's like your shining achievement, then that's not much. Lilo and Stitch is a great movie. I it is. I fight anyone. It is a really good movie, but it's not like, you know, the standard that you want to keep. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again, Amanda. And people can find us on the Twitter at Amateur Nerds. Or me personally at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. 
You can send us an email to amateurnerdspresent at gmail.com. Yeah, tell us your favorite kind of sandwich. Or send us a future DCOM of the week. Special thanks to our artist Theo Golden at TGoldenArt on Instagram. And our musician Joe Winslow, whom you can find at joewinslowmusic.com. I have been Condra. I've been Tyler. And I've been Amanda. And we'll catch you back next time for Minute 79. We are getting close to the end of this movie. What's going to happen? Will Troy and Gabriella kiss? I don't know. Will people have a good time? Probably. You can bet on it. 